0: My name is Andre Might, and you are listening to me right now. Thank you very much for tuning in, as always. And thanks to Uklah for our theme song, Superpowers. So, here we are. We are at another edition of this episode. We are at episode 50, which seems like a milestone, although I was kind of waiting for the year milestone, which is 52 episodes. Uh, So we're almost there. We're very close. Uh, The episode before that, of course, is going to be a... Uh, one of our special featured interview episodes, and I will announce the guest in the uh, the end of the program. Uh, in the meantime, we will discuss a few things about what's going on in the comic world. Not like a ton of new crazy information, um, just some interesting stuff on, on a personal note. I I have noticed, I don't know if you noticed, if you're a Canadian citizen, that the dollar store seems to carry a lot of graphic novels now. Um I'm not sure if they bought out somewhere that went out of business, or they have some kind of special deal with Marvel or or DC, but they have been getting quite a a decent amount of pretty good graphic novels, and and every Dollarama seems to have sort of a different selection. Sometimes they're the same, but sometimes they're different. Like, during Easter, I'd gone home, spend time with my family, and stopped at the Dollarama there, and picked up, uh, like, some old, some some, of the 70s Gil Kane uh, Supergirl comics, which are really cool as well as some earth two stuff, which I actually liked like the, there are two universe. And, and we touched a little bit on that with the present Superman storyline that I'd done a few episodes ago. Uh, however, there are some pretty cool stuff out there. So if you're looking for some, and one thing I was quite surprised by was, uh, Darwin Cook's ego. Um, mm. and the one that comes with like some of his extra stories as well in a little hardcover, which is actually really cool. It's a nice addition. It's an amazing story. Uh, Darwin is someone who, you know, I considered a friend. I wouldn't say close friend, like we didn't talk every day or anything, but whenever we encountered each other, he was always very warm and nice, and he had read my comic when i gave it to him and give me a lot of interesting feedback. He was just a really cool guy. And the, his Batman story is amazing, and his art is phenomenal. So, I mean, for $4 plus tax, it's absolutely worth it. So hit up your local Dollarama, buy that comic, read it, buy any other ones you want. Uh, but don't let it deter you from going to your normal local comic shop because you want to keep those up. I mean, the Dollarama comics are a great way to get some extra comics in, read some stories you may not have read before, get exposed to new stuff at a cheap price, but make sure, you know, to to keep those standbys. The comic stars are incredibly important, and you will certainly miss them if they ever go away, and I never want to see that day come. Never. Uh, I had gone to the theater again last night for the first time in a little while to see Nobody, the new Bob Odenkirk film, I'm a big fan of him. I love his work of Better Call Saul. I love Breaking Bad. Um, if you're not watching Better Call Saul and you liked Breaking Bad and the film, I highly suggest you watch it. It's a fantastic show. Fantastic. I think it's equally as good as Breaking Bad in every way, uh, especially as far as an origin story for a character, uh, watching sort of a, I wouldn't call it fall, but certainly a transformation of a character. And it's really, 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 really good. So uh, I know the new season starts, I believe, next year. Oh god, another yawn. It's another yawn. That's what I get for doing these late at night. It's because I'm busy, people. I have a busy life. I'm not like one of these fancy podcasters that have all these MeUndies sponsorships or Squarespace sponsorships. Man, my website's a Squarespace website for this, so you think, think maybe get a bone. <laughs> Probably need a few more subscribers first before they uh, they throw me those sweet sweet Squarespace bones. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really cool. The movie was really really good. I mean, it's very John Wickian, if that's a verb which I just created. Um, I believe people that have worked on the films directed the first one, maybe or maybe the second, two and three, I think directed this one. Um, does feel like it's in the same world. I know there's uh, even some chatter online that they may do a kind of a crossover with the two films, and down the line, which would be super cool. Uh, I definitely want to see a sequel this. I would love to see either character pop up in each other's franchise even just as a cameo because it does feel like they, connectively, they belong in the same universe. Kind of same as Atomic Blonde, actually, who was also made by the same guys, uh, which is a period piece in the 80s, so it may not fit in as much, but the idea it is cool and it could certainly fit in some way. All right, well, today's episode is on Batrock the Leaper, who is a long-standing Captain America character, uh, has been featured in, I believe it was The Winter Soldier, Played by Georges Saint Pierre, the former MMA fighter in UFC. Uh, the Batrock is a French uh, foreign legionnaire uh, who's an expert in a form of kickboxing, a French form of kickboxing, uh, super agile, uh, parkour and kind of newer comics. They also toughened him up a little bit in recent years. She's always kind of a French stereotype, and some of that plays into the story, which you'll notice when I put on a, a little bit of French accent. Uh, with a name like Andre Mayette you would assume I have super French uh, <laughs> fluently in my speech, but I'm not. Sadly, I am a Acadian French, which is sort of a form of France that uh, French people that had, had settled in Nova Scotia, which is where I live. However, after recently doing a DNA test, I found out I'm super Irish and British, like a lot of Irish and British, way more than I expected, considering my name. So, you know, there's that too. We are all a melting pot. We are all just a mishmash of DNAs, that's what we are. <laughs> but Batrock the Leaper is always kind of a cool character, it's certainly toughened him up, made him a little cooler for the series, and in recent comics they've made him even cooler still, so. Uh, but he's kind of a fun character, he's certainly a throwback to an older age of Marvel that has carried on to the modern age, and it's cool. So we're going to give you the graphic history of Batrock the Leaper. Georges Batroc was born in Marseille, France and served in the French Foreign Legion. He is a French costume mercenary who specializes in savate, also known as Le box Francais, a form of kickboxing with acrobatic skills and unusually articulate flexibility. Although he has primarily appeared in the pages of Captain America, he has also faced off against The Punisher, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Hawkeye, Iron Fist, and Gambit. Batroc has occasionally led his own team, Known as Batrock's Brigade. Although the membership has changed over time, the group has primarily fought Captain America. In the character's first appearance, he was hired by Them, an offshoot of Advanced Idea Mechanics, to steal the Inferno 42 Cylinder. He first battled Captain America during this mission. When Batrock introduced himself with typical bluster, Cap revealed to Batrock's delight that he had already heard of the mercenary. Batrock the Leaper, eh? A master of La Savat. The French art of boxing with the feet, is what he said. Later, he was again hired by HYDRA and abducted Sharon Carter for the insidious organization. He lured Captain America into a rematch in which he insisted HYDRA not intervene, and again lost. However, when HYDRA agents prepared to kill both Cap and himself, Batrock, incensed at such men without Agnès, switched sides to help Cap against their now mutual enemies. In both of these stories, Batrock was regarded as a deadly combatant, his skill respected by enemies and employers alike. Georges was then hired by a foreign power to locate a seismo bomb, with the first known formation of Batroc's brigade, consisting of the original swordsman and the living laser. Batroc battled Captain America once again. The machinesmith's Baron Strucker android known as the Hood then hired a new Batroc's brigade consisting of the porcupine and whirlwind to battle Captain America once again to little success. The then formed a third Batrocs Brigade, which consisted of various unnamed henchmen rather than known supervillains, since supervillains had failed Batroc in the past. The alien Jakar, concealing his true nature and intent, hired this group to abduct children from New York and to battle Captain America and the Falcon. Although Batroc felt no compunction about abducting children upon learning Jakar's true nature and his intent to use the children's souls to revive his comatose race, he felt his honor had been violated by the deception, and he again switched sides, aiding Captain America and the Falcon to rescue the children. Ward Meacham then hired Batroc's brigade, who battled Iron Fist and a ninja warrior with several brigade members dying in the process. For a while after that, Batroc operated without a brigade. Alongside an extra-dimensional demon ally, Batroc attempted a theft of Transuranium, but was stopped by Captain America and Spider-Man. The Leaper was also a member of the Ursat's Defenders, a group of villains who were impersonating the actual Defenders. They committed robberies while posing as members of the supergroup, until stopped by a Defenders contingent. Alongside Mr. Hyde, Batrock attempted an extortion scheme against Manhattan. He battled Captain America, but when Mr. Hyde decided to carry out the threat, which would kill thousands, Batrock again, showing that there were some lines he would not cross, aided Captain America against Hyde, saving the city. Batrock then formed a new, longer-lasting lineup of Batrock's Brigade, this one consisting of Zeron, the Weapons Master, and Machete. This team was first seen when Obadiah Stane contracted them to steal Captain America's shield, and Batrock finally succeeded in defeating the Star-Spangled Avenger. Trickshot then hired Batrock's Brigade to battle his brother Hawkeye. Baron Helmut Zemo later hired the Brigade to acquire the Fragments of the Bloodstone. They battled Captain America and Diamondback. Batroc's group was later hired by Maelstrom to help him build a device that could destroy the universe and battle the Great Lake Avengers. Alongside Snakebite, Batroc also battled the Punisher, barely escaping with his life. Later, the Leaper showed up as a member of a small army of villains organized by Claw to invade Wakanda, which included the Rhino, the Radioactive Man, the Cannibal, and the Vatican Black Knight. He was defeated by Black Panther's royal bodyguards. During the crossover event, Justice League of America vs. The Avengers, Batroc briefly confronted Batman when he was one of the villains recruited by Crona for his army. The Dark Knight defeated him off panel. Batroc's brigade then went on to face Batman to defend his Aene, but he is assisted by Black Panther, the Huntress, and Black Widow in defeating the brigade. Batroc has a daughter who is teamed in villainy with the daughter of similar B-list supervillain, the Tarantula. Both daughters take their father's respective costumes and titles. The Taskmaster expresses his shock that the Transla and Batroc are heterosexual in an early non-woke moment of comicdom, before soundly beating the two villains' offspring, tossing them effortlessly off a bridge, noting that he also hates ethnic stereotypes in a decidedly woke moment. Batrock briefly served among the group of villains forcibly drafted into Baron Helmut Zemo's Thunderbolts Army, but after returning to federal custody, Batrock registered with the Superhuman Registration Act and was sent to a superhuman training facility located at Marine Corps Base Quantico in Virginia to train recruits in the martial arts before being transferred over to Camp Hammond. Ultimately, however, Batrock found government work unsatisfactory and returned to his mercenary life confronting the new Captain America while on a job to steal an item from the United Nations. Also, he was working with the Man with No Face, a mysterious being from Captain America's past. It is soon revealed that Batrock was stealing the original Human Torch's remains in order to be reversed-engineered. Batrock and a handful of other super-individuals were corralled into working for MODOK against their wishes. He was fine with it, figuring in earning some money, until he could find a more profitable opportunity. There, he met Gwen Poole aka Gwenpool, who had killed their team's assassin and took credit for his kills, earning her an unwanted place on the team. Finding out that she had no powers and only killed the assassin through luck, he was going to turn her in until she convinced him that she really might be from another universe and no useful information. He then decided to make her less of a liability by teaching her actual combat moves and the use of weapons. She subsequently defeated MODOK when he found out her secret and took over the team briefly. After a fight with some aliens in which they did not get paid, the group broke up during the secret empire storyline Batrock the leaper alongside the living laser and whirlwind are involved in attacking a seemingly returned steve rogers and most recently during the king and black storyline Batrock the leaper is among the villains recruited by mayor wilson fist to be part of his thunderbolts team at the time of the symbiote god null's invasion treading a difficult line between wealth and morality good and mischievous one can never guess where Batrock's true intentions lie But one thing can be certain, whatever they are, when he exercises them, they will be dangerous. (music) There you have it, the graphic history of Batroc the Leaper, Georges Batroc. Also fun to say, his Ogniave. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I noticed the audio in the first part of this episode is a little muffled. That's because I use the wrong mic. I use the mic from my webcam, not the wonderful headset and expensive headset that I wear to record these. So unfortunately, uh, it is late and, and I'm on a deadline. So I'm working tough to get this out and get it to you, gentle listeners. So I'm going to leave that in and apologize for the slightly... More muffled than normal uh, <laughs> uh, dialogue. And, uh, and promise to make it up to you next time. Uh, yeah, so next episode will be one of our featured interview episodes. It'll be episode 51, narrowing in on the 52nd episode, which will be a fun, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but I'll probably just do a little retrospective on what the show's been like for the first year. And go off from there. So, uh, yes, yeah, so the interview will be with Andy uh, Andy Belanger. Belanger, but I'm pretty sure it's Belanger, who is a uh, comic book artist. He's done some work on Swamp Thing. He has a lot of indie books, Uh, a big one right now that he just kickstarted called Mother Truckers, which looks really fun. A really cool guy. Also recently went into a career in professional wrestling, which is something he and I have in common, so we can definitely discuss that. I believe his pseudonym is The Animal. Uh, So that's pretty neat. I'm excited to talk to Andy. He's a cool guy. I met him at a Comic-Con a few years ago. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think we clicked a little bit on talking about Swamp Thing and some other characters that he was involved with. And we have a lot of mutual friends. So Andy's a really cool guy. I'm very much looking forward to talking to him. And I think it'll be an interesting conversation. So tune in next week to catch that. But in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week, a wonderful month, a wonderful life. I hope you really enjoy the podcast. I hope all the good things in life happen to you and only you. And I hope to see you next week.